You're listening to The Health Classes You Missed. My name is Monica and I'm a secondary school health teacher with a passion for all things health. Whether you're currently at school or you finished 20 years ago, this podcast will help you understand those topics that may have been skimmed over, considered inappropriate or flat out ignored. So sit up straight, faces forward, let's get into it. For free and confidential advice about alcohol and other drugs, call the National Alcohol and Other Drug Hotline on 1800 250 015. For 24-7 crisis support regarding substance abuse, misuse or addiction, call Lifeline on 131114. Hello everyone, today we will be talking about Cannabis. So cannabis is a very common drug here in Australia. In fact, it was the most commonly used illicit drug in 2019. I thought it would be a good place to start for this chapter. During my experience with drug education at high school, I remember the basis of the lessons was to almost use scare tactics in order to teach us not to use drugs. Harm minimization wasn't a big focus. Now, that has definitely changed these days. However, this doesn't mean that every topic is obviously taken into account or talked about in the depth that it may require. So let's get into it. Cannabis, what is it? There are so many different names or kind of nicknames for this drug. So some of the more popular ones are marijuana, pot, weed, grass, 420, dope, Mary Jane, herb, green, ganja. Now in Australia, you'll predominantly hear it being called marijuana or weed. So cannabis, marijuana, and weed. And those are probably the main three that I will call it during uh, this podcast. So cannabis is one of the oldest known drugs. It's thought that it's been around for about 4,700 years, or that's expected to be how long uh, human beings have been using it for. So it's known to be quite a controversial drug as well. In some places of the world, such as Amsterdam in the Netherlands or California in the United States, a recreational use and medicinal use of marijuana or cannabis is actually legal. It is legal in Australia. As of 2016, you're allowed to use marijuana for medicinal purposes only. However, it is still very heavily regulated. So even if you do kind of need a prescription, it can be quite hard to get one. So the use of marijuana recreationally in Australia or the legalization of cannabis in Australia has been up for debate for quite some time now. But in 2019, for the first time in the National Drug Strategy Household Survey's history, more Australians support the legalization of cannabis than oppose it. So that just means more people are for using marijuana recreationally in Australia now. uh, And it will be interesting to see what comes from that in the coming years. So moving on now to looking at where we get cannabis from, where it's derived from. So it's actually derived from the plant cannabis sativa. And this plant contains over 500 identified natural compounds. Now the main compound is 
THC, or this is the main psychoactive compound. And THC is responsible for the high produced by cannabis or the reason that a lot of people will use it recreationally. So if you just remember it by THC, it has a really long and pretty unimportant name. So cannabis is produced in three main ways. So first we've got the cannabis herb or marijuana, and this is the dried flowering tops and buds and leaves of the plant. The second is cannabis resin or hashish, and this is the resin of the plant. So if you don't know what resin is, it's kind of just like the sap that comes out of trees, that like kind of sticky, liquidy stuff that comes out of trees. Uh, And the third is cannabis oil or hash oil, and this is a thick oil that is obtained from the hashish, so from the resin. So in Australia, cannabis is typically smoked. So that's the herb or the marijuana and often mixed with tobacco. But it can also sometimes be added to food and eaten. And that's usually using the oil or the hash oil. So as I just mentioned before, cannabis is legal in Australia for medicinal purposes. Now, you often find this comes in the form of something called CBD or cannabis oil. So CBD and THC are different. CBD contains less than 0.3% of THC. So this means that it's used in a controlled way and you don't get that high feeling from the THC because there's just not enough in it. So I just touched on uh, kind of getting cannabis from the flowering tops, buds and leaves of the plant or the resin or the oil. Uh, So CBD actually comes from the flowers and leaves as well, but it undergoes an extraction process so that you can remove the THC and you're left with a CBD oil that contains less than 0.3% of that THC. So you don't feel that high feeling. So some benefits to using CBD oil for medicinal purposes are pain relief. Um, It's been proven to help with seizures. It's uh, great for anxiety and it's also anti-inflammatory. So people use it for a whole lot of different reasons. Now you can of course obtain CBD oil uh, illegally, I guess, uh, but you don't really know what will be in this. You don't know whether it's regulated or actually how much THC is in it. So it's important to be aware of that if you do decide to kind of buy one of these products off the market. So we've touched on THC, which is the main psychoactive ingredient, CBD, which is how we generally use it medicinally. Now there's one more product that can come from the cannabis sativa plant or one part of the plant that can make multiple products. So that is called hemp. Now hemp comes from the seed of the plant and this can be used to make cloth, oils, flour, soap, supplements, cosmetics, detergent. Uh, Now this is also all legal in Australia uh, because hemp has very, very low THC. So you can't get high from, you know, making hemp flour and then ingesting it or hemp oil. You're not going to feel that high feeling. It is not necessarily going to impair you. So for the purpose of this podcast, we are going to be focusing on THC and how that affects us uh, when we use cannabis recreationally or, you know, when we do get that high experience. Now, as I touched on before, uh, cannabis is generally smoked. So in Australia, you generally smoke it or you ingest it in some type of food. So when you smoke marijuana, the effects of THC are rapidly absorbed into your lungs and enter your bloodstream within minutes. So it's quite quick. Whereas if you ingest uh, cannabis oil, it can take from, you know, anywhere from 20 minutes to hours to affect you or to give you that kind of high feeling. But of course, it depends how much you have. 
It's important to note before I get into the immediate effects that drugs affect everyone differently. Now, I'll touch on this a few times over the podcast because I think it's important to understand that while some people may feel okay when using marijuana, you just don't know how it's going to affect you. And this doesn't matter whether someone has used the drug 20 times or has never used it before. The outcome or the short-term effects and even the long-term effects are unknown for every individual person. So there is no way to know exactly how this drug is going to affect you. It is also important to note that consuming different drugs at the same time will change how they affect you. So for example, when drinking alcohol, the effects of THC are ramped up, I guess, and can cause a stronger effect than when using marijuana solo. I will, however, cover mixing drugs and things like that in a further episode. So that's something that we will dive into a bit more later on. So some immediate effects of THC or cannabis use, as I go through these, I'm going to discuss some of the brain areas that are directly affected as a result of the THC. So one of the first and most common effects of cannabis uh, is an increased appetite. So you may have heard this being referred to as the munchies. Now this just means that you get really hungry um, and you don't necessarily feel full no matter how much you eat. Another effect is feeling relaxed or drowsy or even euphoric. So that's kind of when you feel that super high feeling. Now, the part of your brain that is affected when you feel this is called the nucleus accumbens. So this is responsible for your motivation and your reward. So when you feel euphoric and you feel really good, that is the part of the brain that THC is affecting, the nucleus accumbens. So another effect is loss of coordination. The part of our brain that this is affecting is called the cerebellum. So the cerebellum is responsible for our coordination and our balance. So when we feel that loss of coordination, the cerebellum is what is being affected. Another one is loss of inhibitions or the inability to recall information. So this part of the brain that's being affected is called the hippocampus and that's responsible for our learning and our memory. So when you kind of don't really know what's going on, you're feeling a bit, uh, I guess, spacey, you can't really recall what's happening or what's just happened, this is affecting your hippocampus. Some further effects are bloodshot eyes, dryness of the mouth, increased heart rate, uh, something that may happen to you if you ingest too much or you smoke too much marijuana is something called greening out. So you can become uh, quite sweaty, dizzy, nauseous. You may even vomit. Uh, this may also induce anxiety and panic attacks. You can experience something called paranoia, which is kind of just when you become extremely suspicious or a little bit scared. And when you are experiencing that kind of, or if you are experiencing that kind of paranoia, the part of your brain that is being affected is called the amygdala. So this is the brain center for emotion. So that kind of scared feeling, you don't really know what's happening. That is the amygdala that it's being affected. Another side effect is hallucinogen effects. So this means that you can see or hear things that might not actually be there. And a more serious version of this is something called psychosis. So psychosis is a serious mental illness that causes people to confuse reality. Now, a question that often gets asked is, can you overdose on marijuana? So it is very difficult to overdose, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it can't be harmful. 
So something called THC toxicity can occur. And this is what causes psychosis or can bring about other pre-existing mental health conditions. THC toxicity can also cause people to have seizures or cause people to vomit uncontrollably. Now, in saying this, most people will, uh, I guess, experience that greening out that I mentioned before and therefore not be able to ingest or smoke any more marijuana, which means that it's quite uncommon to get to THC toxicity or to have that occur. So these effects of marijuana, these kind of immediate effects can last for one to two hours, uh, but some can linger for up to 24 hours. So it is important to note that not all marijuana is created equally and, you know, quality and dosage can vary drastically and therefore can affect how you experience this drug. So it's really important to understand that if you are thinking about using a drug like marijuana, uh, it can be affected by who you're with, the amount you take, what uh, kind of you're predisposed to in terms of anxiety and things like that, what mood you're in. So if you feel anxious or worried about taking or using marijuana, even a little bit, that may mean that you experience that kind of anxiety or paranoia when you experience that high. So same goes if you've smoked weed a lot or you're feeling fine about it beforehand, you're feeling quite confident, you may be less likely to experience these symptoms. However, drugs affect everyone differently. So when your friend says, don't worry, I've done this a million times and I felt fine. I'm, you know, I've done this, I've done that. This is all that's happened to me. This doesn't mean that you will be fine or that you'll necessarily enjoy the experience. And I know this is a conversation that's often missed in the classroom. And that's because having an open conversation about whether or not students will take an illegal drug is definitely avoided. So it's not the same as talking about alcohol where you can talk about what they'll decide to do at the legal age. Talking about illegal drugs often just leads to a do not do it approach, which makes sense because that's following the law. Uh, you're obviously not allowed to do it according to the law. However, that obviously doesn't work because as I said, weed is the most commonly used illicit drug in Australia. So it is really important to understand that if you do decide to use this drug, your experience may be altered by your environment, by your mood, by who you're with. And again, just remembering that drugs affect everyone differently. We're halfway through the episode and that means that it's time for a brain break. Take 30 seconds now to reset, recharge, and breathe. Okay, let's get back into it. So now we're going to look at how long marijuana stays in your system. So if you're one of the people who may be thinking, hey, this is something I can see myself trying, then it's important for you to know how long marijuana stays in your system, particularly if you are of driving age or if you have a job that requires drug testing. So these are very, very general detection times and can, of course, vary from person to person. 
So it can be detectable in your blood and saliva for up to 12 hours. And that is for infrequent use or one-time use. So for frequent use, it can stay in your system for up to 30 hours. Now this is how long it can be detected on a roadside test as well. So that's really important to know up to 12 hours for infrequent use and up to 30 hours for frequent use, which is quite a long time. Now your urine, it can stay uh, for one-time use in your urine for up to 13 days. For regular use, up to 45 days. And for heavy use, up to 90 days. So that's a really, really long time. And you may be thinking, oh, it's fine. I can smoke marijuana and drive straight away the next morning and I'll be okay. But as I said before, some effects of marijuana can still linger for up to 24 hours. So you may still be impaired physically and therefore not fit to drive. So in 2016, cannabis was the second most common drug type identified at toxicology for transport accident deaths. So that is really important to consider before using this drug, especially before you decide to get behind the wheel. Now we're going to look at some long-term effects. So there is still a lot of research needing to be done to clearly understand the long-term effects of cannabis use. However, some that have been identified so far are problems with memory and learning, addiction or dependence, decreased motivation and concentration, increased risk of respiratory diseases. So of course, when you're smoking anything, you're going to have a risk of respiratory diseases. Uh, however, as I stated earlier, cannabis is often mixed with tobacco. So that will therefore also increase your risk of respiratory disease, uh, as well as paranoia and psychosis. Again, that mental health condition we touched on earlier. So now we're going to look at how THC actually affects our internal system. So this is from the American Journal of Drug and Alcohol Abuse, and it can be a bit sciencey. However, I have changed a few things and simplified a few things just so it is a bit easier to understand, especially over a podcast. I don't know about you guys, but I am definitely a visual learner. So kind of listening to some of these things, sometimes I can get a little bit lost. So I'm going to do the best I can to break this down and make make sure that everyone fully understands this process. So we have something in our bodies called the endocannabinoid system. Now, a little fun fact, this system was discovered in the 1990s. So the word cannabinoid is a compound that is found in cannabis. So it's actually how this system got its name. So it's quite new. The 1990s were not that long ago. The endocannabinoid system is believed to play a role in regulating functions of our sleep, mood, appetite, memory, reproduction, and fertility. And it exists and is active even if we have zero cannabis use. So it's active regardless of whether you've ever tried or taken marijuana before. So the endocannabinoid system involves three core components. Firstly, you have the endocannabinoids, Secondly, the receptors, and thirdly, the enzymes. So these endocannabinoids, they keep our internal functions running smoothly and your body produces them as needed. So the endocannabinoids keep the internal functions running smoothly. That is the first core component. The second core component are the receptors and receptors are found throughout the body. 
Now, our receptors and our endocannabinoids are friends. So our endocannabinoids bind to our receptors so that the endocannabinoid system can take action. So our endocannabinoid system relies on our endocannabinoids to bind to our receptors. Now we have two main receptors. There are number one receptors and number two receptors. So the number one receptors are located in the central nervous system. The number two receptors are located in the peripheral nervous system. So the central nervous system is made up of our brain and our spinal cord, and our peripheral nervous system is made up of the nerves outside of the brain and the spinal cord. So different areas of the body. Now the endocannabinoids bind to either the number one receptors or the number two receptors, and the result will differ depending on which one. Because as I just mentioned, number one receptors and number two receptors are found in different parts of the body. So moving on to our third component, which is the enzymes. The enzymes are nice and easy. They break down the endocannabinoids once functions are carried out. So once an endocannabinoid binds to a receptor, either number one or number two, a function is carried out, then the enzyme comes in and breaks down that endocannabinoid. And you're probably thinking, what is all of this? Why are you telling me this? But I'll tell you now, this is how THC comes into it. So THC interacts with your endocannabinoid system by binding to receptors just like the endocannabinoids do. And THC can bind to both receptors just like the endocannabinoids can. So the bad part of this is that this can interfere with the ability of the natural endocannabinoids to do their job, which can throw the entire system off balance and overwhelm our endocannabinoid system. And when this system becomes overwhelmed, it results in us having slower reaction time. It disrupts our ability to remember things that have just happened. It causes anxiety and it affects judgment. However, it can also make you feel good or high. Now, again, you may be thinking that doesn't sound that bad. However, over time, THC can actually change how the endocannabinoid system works. And this can lead to memory problems, addiction, and trigger mental health problems. So I thought that this was important to include just to fully understand the process of THC within our body and to get a grasp on how the previous long-term effects that I mentioned might actually occur in the body as well as the systems that are affected as a result of THC. So enough of that sciencey stuff. Uh, I'm going to move on to a big question, and that is whether marijuana is addictive. Now, most people who regularly use marijuana actually say no. However, research reports from the National Institute on Drug Abuse states that marijuana use can lead to something called marijuana use disorder or cannabis use disorder, which takes the form of addiction in pretty severe cases. So if you smoke marijuana before the age of 18, you are actually seven times more likely to develop a marijuana use disorder. And this disorder is associated with dependence. So people can definitely feel, I guess, the withdrawal symptoms when not taking the drug. Now, it's really important to recognize symptoms of, you know, cannabis addiction or marijuana use disorder. Uh, as I said, people who use marijuana often generally don't think addiction is possible. 
So the symptoms can be a little bit tricky with this one because it's not as physical as other drugs such as heroin or tobacco where you get the shakes or you vomit or things like that. The symptoms are less physical. So some of them include continuing to use the drug even when it's causing social or relationship problems or even psychological problems. You can also experience cravings for the drug. You can develop a tolerance. So that means that you need more and more to achieve the same effects that you got maybe when you first started using it. Uh, you experience stress and irritability when you run out or you can't have it. You may find yourself giving up or doing less activities that you used to enjoy because you'd rather smoke marijuana or use marijuana. You may find it affects your sleep. Uh, you also may find that you're using it so often you fail to get other important things done or in the past, maybe you've thought about cutting back or stopping, but you have never been successful. So if you recognize these symptoms in yourself or in someone you know, I recommend visiting the Lifeline website regarding substance abuse, misuse and addiction, where you can find plenty of informational fact sheets and advice and things like that. Or you can call the Lifeline number, which is 131114. It's also important to seek help from those around you. So whether that's a trusted friend or family member, it could also include your doctor or a mental health professional. That is all from me for this topic. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you learned something and that you all feel more informed about the use and risks of cannabis. And remember, drugs affect everyone differently. If you would like to follow me on Instagram, I am at the health classes you missed. I hope everyone stays safe and I'll be back in your ears very soon. See you later.